the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Real Life Radio is sponsored by River City Community Church. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Real Life Radio with Sean Azaro, the pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. A church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and find it to the full. That's what Jesus said in John 10.10. And today we're going to hear part two of this message called Spiritual Warfare in this series on the Spirit-Filled Life. Pastor Sean is going to pick up in Revelations chapter 12 and calls out the opposition, as many people reject the idea of a devil or a spiritual enemy. That concept clashes with their scientific modern worldview. But does rejection of a spiritual world come at a cost? This message outlines a worldview that includes a spiritual reality, a spiritual enemy, and what a person must do to be on the winning side. Grab your sword, that would be your Bible, and get ready to put on the full armor of God. It's time for Radio for Real Life. Revelation chapter 12, verse 9 and 10 describes them like this. It says, And the great dragon was thrown down. This is what John saw in his vision. That ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver, you shouldn't make note of that, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him, he and his minions. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down who accuses them day and night before our Father. Two ideas there that are really important you might want to jot down. He's a deceiver. That is his strategy. He's called a father of lies. Not only is he a liar, he's the father of liars. He's a deceiver. So expect... When he comes and he tries to influence, it is going to be through deception. Second, he's called the accuser. The accuser. Do you know many people walk around with, these, with this beaten up kind of self-image or beaten up image of them, idea of themselves or of what God wants for them or of who they are? And, and do you know that is a deceiver and an accuser talking to you? That is not God. That is not God's truth. But yet, and it's funny because there are people who, if you talk to them, logically they know these things, these beliefs they have about themselves are not true. You know logically and and intellectually you know that's not true, right? Well, yeah, I guess so. But yet everything you do, you respond as though it is. I know, it's just, I just see myself that way. It's because someone planted a seed and a deceiver and an accuser has hammered on that. Those are some of his core strategies. I think what we can understand, and we can kind of summarize at least this portion, is that our enemy is real, and he is to be taken seriously. He is to be taken seriously. That being said, but we do not need to be afraid of him. Because, and the second thing I want us to understand is this, God has given us everything we need to win. God has given us everything we need to win. That's what's so significant here. We don't need to be afraid. We need to be prepared. 
That's what Paul's telling us. He's not telling us, oh my gosh, be afraid. This is really bad. You guys better run from this. He's not saying that at all. He's actually saying, no, no, this is real. But you don't have to be afraid because God's given you everything you need to win. And then he goes through what some of those things are. And I want us just to kind of go through them real quickly. Right from Ephesians chapter 6. Those things we looked at, the belt of truth. Obviously, when you're dealing with a deceiver, truth is always the best way to deal with the deceiver. Jesus said, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. That's why we stand on the truth. That's why we talk about the truth. That's why we believe truth exists regardless of our opinions of it. Because one of the things the deceiver tries to do is always bend and twist the truth. Second thing he talks about, so the belt of truth, he talks about the, blessed, the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate of righteousness. And I love that because the breastplate is what guards your heart, your vital organs. And it is the righteousness. Where, where is our righteousness from, according to the scripture? Our righteousness is the righteousness of Christ. So often we step out, when we get into battle of any kind, think about the political battles. Think about just social media. Think about how many people step outside of righteousness. They're followers of Jesus Christ. They should know better, but we step outside of righteousness. And let me tell you, the minute we do that, the minute we do that, the minute we say, okay, yeah, I know, Jesus, you're great and all, but man, this is a, this is a political fight. I got to throw off the gloves and I got to fight. And we start throwing off the righteousness, we become vulnerable. And the first thing that is, is injured is our heart. Our heart becomes hard, and we start, we start kind of hating on other people. We, start, we, we see, start seeing them as the enemy instead of who Paul says is really the enemy. The breastplate of righteousness, stand firm in the righteousness of Christ. and Protect your heart. Feet shod with the gospel of peace. I love this. I don't think Paul's accidental in these. Feet are... The thing that takes us is how we go. Remember what the mission is. Remember, Jesus said, go and make disciples. Remember, we're about carrying the gospel. When we get engaged in battle, don't forget the mission. One of the worst things that happens, we get taken off mission. We get pulled off mission. That's one of the, the minute we start seeing other people as the enemy, we forgot, no, 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 they're who we're supposed to reach. Your feet are to be constantly shod saying this is the gospel of peace i'm supposed to carry the gospel of peace it is a protection the minute i step outside of that i become vulnerable the shield of faith it's a great image what do you believe faith is all about what we believe faith is a belief so strong i have to act on it the shield of faith so many times when we're facing, whether it's a spiritual assault, whether it's something in, inside, whether it's something from outside, we, we, we have to, this crisis of belief. What do I really believe? That's when we need the shield of my faith. I believe in Jesus. I believe in his presence. I believe in his word. The helmet of salvation. This idea of protecting our mind by knowing we are in Christ, knowing where our salvation lies. We don't have to be insecure. We don't have to be afraid. We are saved in Christ. Our salvation was secured on the cross. That's the helmet. Keeps my mind sane. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The offensive weapon that he begins to list. The sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. You want a great example of how this works? Look in Matthew chapter 4, when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness by Satan. You remember that? Scripture shows us Matthew 4, Luke 4 also has a, a great telling of that account. And the enemy would tempt him on something, and Jesus would refute him with Scripture. Yeah, but it's written. 
Yeah, but it's written. He would refute him with Scripture. That's a great example of how, that's why we talk about knowing the truth. But here's, here's the key point. You must actually know the Scripture. You're trying to wield the sword of the Spirit when you don't know the Scripture. It kind of doesn't work. Oh, yeah, Satan, take this. God helps those who help themselves. Mmm. Mmm. What? You want some more of that? Your friend whispers, that's not in the Bible. Of course it is. Duh. You have no idea how many... <laughs> I had a guy in a group one time. Well, doesn't it say in there somewhere? I love that. The Bible's, it's like the Bible's a big old tank of just words. In there. It's in there. Well, doesn't it say in there that God helps those who help themselves? No, no, that's not in there. At all. But how about cleanliness next to godliness? That's in there, right? No, not that either. So you have to know the word. I mean, and, and stop and think about it. That's powerful. When you have a deceiver, this is the truth. Jesus said to the Father, remember in John 17, he said, your word is truth. You want to fight a deceiver, you better know the truth. And this is the bedrock of truth. You know the scripture. You are aligning yourself with God's truth, the ultimate truth, the foundation of reality. Know the scripture. That's why it's called the sword of the spirit, the word of God. That's how Jesus fought the enemy. And the enemy had to leave because he couldn't stand up to the sword of the spirit, the word of God. Last thing he says is praying at all times in the Spirit. Praying at all times in the Spirit. And we've, we talked about prayer in the Spirit a couple weeks ago. If you want more on that, you can go back to that message online. But let me just say this. You remember when Jesus' disciples were trying to cast an evil spirit out of a, a young boy who was being tormented by the Spirit, and they couldn't. And Jesus came and did it, and they later on asked, why couldn't we, Jesus? He said, because this kind comes out only by prayer. You see, what was happening is they were... You're like, what, they were trying to cast out an evil spirit without praying? Well, they were just telling this spirit to come out. And the spirit was going, no. No, we're serious. I know. No. I mean, you know, I don't know. That's not in the Bible anywhere. I just made that part up, right? Okay, but I mean, it's kind of like that. The, what Jesus is saying is, when you pray... You are now not trying to do it in your own strength. You know, I can quote scripture in my own strength. I can memorize and quote scripture in my own strength. I can even claim my salvation in my own strength. The minute I pray, I'm like, okay, it's not me. The minute I pray, I'm now going to my father. I'm praying in the spirit. I'm talking to the spirit. I'm recognizing this is not me alone. I'm not opposing you, enemy, adversary, Satan. I'm not opposing you on my own. I'm opposing you in the power of my Lord Jesus Christ and in his spirit, which is resonant in me. That's powerful. There's a humility inherent in prayer. I'm not the end of all things. I don't have it all figured out. The minute you pray, though, you go to the one who does, and it changes things. These are the weapons of our warfare. And, and when we walk in the simple weapons of our salvation and of our relationship with Christ, we don't have to worry. We don't have to be afraid. See, the question is not are we at war. The question is will we fight back? That's the question of spiritual warfare. Number three. Really important idea. Submission is our secret weapon. Submission is our secret weapon. If, if all these weapons are the armor of God, okay, submission is like the nuclear option. And let's take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Radio for Real Life with Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, in this message called Spiritual Warfare. It's in the series called The Spirit-Filled Life, as found on the sermon page at reallife.org. And if you're looking for a new church home, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean. 
Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you abundant life, real life. I talk to a lot of people, and many seem to feel like they're settling for a whole lot less. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and we are so convinced that we were made for something better. We call ourselves a church for real life. I'd like to invite you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings, which are an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights, all designed to explore the life that God meant for us. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Otama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 9.30 and 11.15 a.m. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church. And now the conclusion to the message, Spiritual Warfare. This is Radio for Real Life. James 4, 7, I believe, is one of the simplest and most powerful verses in all of Scripture on spiritual warfare. I believe if you knew nothing else about spiritual warfare, but you remembered and knew James 4, 7, you would be very powerful and very successful in operating in spiritual warfare. Because here's what it says. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Very simple idea, submission, the power of submission. Now understand, that's a big word. When we become a follower of Jesus Christ, we are submitting ourselves to his spirit. We are submitting ourselves to his way. We've repented from our way. We've turned to his way. So that's what it's really all about. But he says, he begins this idea with submit yourself there for God. That means I am walking in his way and I'm saying, Lord, I'm yours. It doesn't mean I'm perfect. Doesn't mean I'm not making mistakes. Doesn't mean anything else. It just says, no, no, he's my king. I'm his subject He's my Lord, I'm his servant, and I'm submitted to him. And it's like we become under this canopy of his oversight and his protection, his leadership, because we are submitted to him. It says, then resist the devil. What does resist the devil mean? Well, a temptation comes, you say no. You say no. I'm not going to follow that temptation. Something comes up and you're, you, you've sensed something rise in you that you know isn't from God, Okay? It's an anger, a hatred, and you go, no, I'm, I'm saying no to that. Resisting is just what it means, just to resist. But, but understand something. What if I were resisting without the submission part? How would that go? And let me just say, that's where a lot of Christians get hung up, get really iffy. Well, I don't know that I want the whole submission to God's will and direction. I kind of want to do my own thing. I want the salvation part. don't want to go to hell, but, but I don't know about the whole submission piece. I'm not really into that. But I, I don't want the devil bugging me either, so I'm going to, I want to walk in disobedience and resist him. Yeah, that doesn't work very well. You're kind of on your own by your choice, and your results are going to be pretty sketchy. Whereas if you get this thing in the right order and say, no, no, I'm going to be submitted to Father. I'm going to be his. I'm going to walk in his way, and I'm going to follow him to, to the best of my ability every single day because I'm his, his spirit in me. Now I resist the devil. Then the third part, he will flee. And it doesn't just mean, okay, he'll come back for another day. No, he will run. He will run. A follower of Jesus Christ, filled with the Spirit of God, submitted to the direction of God, when we resist the enemy, he has to flee. That's what the Scripture says. 
We don't have to be afraid, folks. We, we, you know, people get into this subject and they, they deal with so much fear and so much worry. What Paul is letting us know, what the writers of Scripture, what the Holy Spirit is letting us know is, yeah, we don't have to worry about the enemy. We really don't. He's, we have to take him seriously. We have to know he's real. But if we are walking in Jesus Christ, if we are wearing the armor of God, which is the basic tenets of our salvation and our faith, he said, yeah, the enemy... He didn't have a foothold in you. The question is not, are we at war? The question is, will we fight back? And and last thing I want to leave us with, and this is so important, please hear this. This battle is a matter of life and death. It is a matter of life and death. I want us to not lose sight of what's at stake. The Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 26 is before King Agrippa. He's been arrested. He's really kind of on trial. And he is defending himself, and he's speaking back. He's remembering back when Jesus met him on the Damascus Road. And so here's what Paul says, verse 15. He says, and I said, who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I'm Jesus, whom you're persecuting. But rise and stand upon your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to appoint you as a servant and witness to the things in which you have seen me and to those in which I will appear to you. Listen to verse 17. Delivering you from your people and from Gentiles... To whom I am sending you. Delivering you from whom I'm sending you to. It's a little bit of a tension there. Paul would come to know what that meant. Because his people would persecute him for his stand in Christ. The Gentiles whom he went to stand before would persecute him for his stand in Christ. But he says, I'm going to deliver you from your people and from the, the Gentiles to whom I'm sending you. And here's verse 18. Here's the whole reason for the whole thing. To open their eyes to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. See, here's the problem. We think of spiritual warfare, and we get all wrapped around the wheel on it because we worry about what's happening to us. And Paul says, yeah, we don't need to worry about us. We have the armor of God. We submit and resist the enemy. He'll flee from us. But that's not the main target of spiritual warfare. He says Paul's whole ministry was so that they, who? The unbelievers among his people, the Jews, the unbelievers among the Gentiles. That they may open their eyes and they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. Because even though we are delivered, we have the armor of God, we are safe from the assault of the enemy. There's a whole world of people who are not. They're the ones in danger. They're the ones at risk. Who are they? Well, we know them. They're the people we love and care about and who don't know Jesus. Our neighbor up the street who we just go, man, it just seems like, like everything in their life is falling apart. Family member who you're like, oh, they make choices that are just so self-destructive. I wish it weren't that way. I love them and care about them. I, I wish there could be something different for them. You see, they are still under the power of, of Satan according to what we just read, according to the Scripture. They are still living in darkness, separated from Christ. But that's not their destiny. That's not his intention. His intention is that they may receive forgiveness of sin and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. That's the target of spiritual warfare, folks. Yes, spiritual warfare involves us understanding who we are in Christ and how secure we are in him. 
and the weapons of our warfare that are absolutely competent to distinguish the assault and the flaming arrows of our enemy, according to Scripture. But it's not about us primarily because there are those who are subject to his power. They are blinded by his deception. They are having their lives ravaged by him. And the question is, are we willing to do warfare for them? Are we willing to pray in the spirit for them? Went to a, went to a, a, here a teacher years ago, and I went because some other people were going, and they asked me to go along. I didn't really, honestly, I didn't really particularly like this teacher. Had done some goofy stuff, and but I went along, you know. He talked about this passage, and he actually brought up something that I, I just grabbed onto. I don't remember anything else he shared, but this I was like, wow. He talked about that passage, the armor of God, and he's the first guy who I heard include praying in the spirit as one of the weapons of the armor of God. Usually it stops at the sword of the spirit. He says, no, I think that's a second offensive weapon, praying in the spirit. He treated it as an offensive weapon. And what he said was, when I've sensed the enemy coming against me, whether it's temptation, whether it's doubt, fear, anger, whatever it is, I know the enemy, I know I'm experiencing spiritual warfare, the enemy's coming against me. He says, I immediately begin interceding for a lost person. And that's how he turns prayer into an offensive weapon. Now, it may just be kind of the vengeful side of me, but I like that a lot. Really. Kind of made a pact at that moment. He had the same kind of thing, and I, and I, I grabbed onto that. I said, you know what? But enemy, devil, Satan, Lucifer, adversary, however you want to refer to him, whatever biblical phrase you want to use, I want you to know. You bring temptation, you bring spiritual assault on me. Wonderful. That's what you do. Great. I am going to, I'm going to use that as a reminder to pray for a lost person. I'm going to, there are people who I know who need Christ, and I'm going to be, I, you are going to prompt me to intercession. Do you know how fast temptation quits when you say that? When you are being tempted for something or you're being, do you know how quickly it goes away when you say, oh, good, thank you. I hadn't prayed for this person in like a week. Thank you. I forgot. And you start praying for a lost person. Do you, do you understand? That's taking the fight to the enemy. And do you know that's been the plan the whole time? We think of spiritual warfare as defensive. He's attacking us. Do you know Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Do you know what that means? I've never seen someone come at you and attack you with gates. Oh yeah, you've got guns, but I have a gate. Mm. It's not hell coming after us with their gates. While we're defensively huddled. Oh God, they're hitting us with the gates again. No, it's not, but you understand, inherent in the phrase is we are assaulting the gates of hell. And do you know what is locked behind the gates of hell? Souls. What we're fighting for is souls. Our souls are secure in Christ. If we've been a follower of Jesus, we're filled with the Spirit. Our souls are secure. Yes, we have a real enemy, but the Scripture is pointed out. We have the weapons to defend. We have submission. We we can resist him. He will flee when we resist in the name of Jesus. The warfare is supposed to be us offensively going after the ground that the enemy currently holds and owns. And that ground is people, our neighbors, people who we care about, people whose lives are being ravaged by the enemy. So the question is, will we do warfare? Will we intercede in prayer on behalf 
of people who don't yet know Jesus. Because I think that's now, when Jesus said the gates of hell will not prevail against it, that's what he was talking about. That we would be a force for the kingdom of God, taking ground from the kingdom of darkness. And folks, I don't know. As I look online, I read news, check up blogs, websites, news sites. Um, darkness has got a lot of ground these days. And I would like to see us, instead of being defensive and attacking the people, I would like to see us go and take that ground back from the real enemy, the spiritual enemy. Remember, those people that we're tempted to attack because of their our political adversaries, whatever, they're not the enemy. I told you the story before about the king whose daughter was taken by a dragon. You remember the story of this Daughter's taken hostage by a dragon, and there's a damsel in distress. We can't have a damsel in distress. The kingdom's all in an uproar. The king's daughter has been taken by a dragon. And so a knight says, I'll go. I'll solve the problem. I will go take care of the damsel in distress. Because you can't have a damsel in distress. So the knight goes. He sees the damsel. He sees the dragon. We can't have a damsel in distress. So he pulls his sword, and he runs, and he kills the damsel. Problem solved. No more damsel in distress. And you're looking at me right now like, that's the dumbest story I've ever heard, Sean. It's dumber every time you tell it. No dumber than us attacking the people we are called to rescue. Don't kill the damsel. Anytime you're you're tempted to go and attack a person and thinking they're the enemy, remember, don't kill the damsel. They're who we are called to intercede for. They're who we're called to take back for the kingdom of God. They're the ones who are locked behind the gates just like we were. Someone prayed for us. God's Spirit reached us. He wants to do the same for them. The question is, will we be used of Him? Will we let Him use us for that kind of spiritual warfare? Thank you, Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Radio for Real Life, and if you'd like to hear this full message called Spiritual Warfare, it's available right now on demand when you find the sermon series on the Spirit-Filled Life at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park with service times on Saturday nights at 5 and Sunday mornings at 9.30 and 11.15. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262 as Radio for Real Life is a service of River City Community Church. And we hope you join us again next time for more Real Life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.